We're talking about balance. We're talking about church health. How can Faith NLR be a healthy church? And one of the areas in which we can experience health, church health, is in the area of fellowship. I was thinking about this this week. My dad is the youngest of seven children. Uh, His parents, Floyd and Lucy Dornan, uh, always had gatherings at their home. And with seven children and lots of cousins, it it made for quite the, the gathering. But I remember when Grandma and Grandpa were alive, we got together a lot. Uh, I was very close with my cousins growing up, and um, it just seemed like we were together all the time. But after Grandma and Grandma passed away, it seemed like our gatherings just kind of faded. You know, families started growing up, children started getting older. We kind of all just kind of went our separate ways. And, you know, I miss the days when we gathered together at Grandma and Grandpa's house to get together. Uh, Our family seemed to be closer uh, we seem to be more involved in each other's lives, and and I remember my cousin Tony and I. We were the same age, and uh, we get together and play with our Star Wars figures. Anybody ever remember Micronauts? Anybody? All right, Chris does. All of you, I'll explain it to you later. Uh, but it, we we had all sorts. You know, we just get together and play, have a good time, and and uh, sometimes get in trouble. Okay, maybe more than just sometimes we'd find ourselves getting in trouble. But it was just, our family was close. And over the, the, as time went on, we became less intentional about getting together. And so some of my cousins I've lost contact with, some of them I don't really know anymore. And really when I think about that, that saddens me. But you know that can happen within the church. What happens is sometimes we, 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 when we don't gather together, we kind of can grow cold. I know this analogy has been made a n- number amount of times, but you, if, if those of you who use charcoal for, for grilling know that when you have a pile of charcoals, they keep each other hot. But you remove one charcoal off the pile and it grows cold. Well, to have a healthy church, we need a fellowship. We need to keep the coals hot. That means we need to be intentional about our gatherings. Notice our text. And they devoted themselves, they committed, they were intentional to the apostles' teaching, and notice, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common." And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. So we're talking about a healthy church. There's five components within our text. We looked at worship. When we gather together to sing songs, we listen to to, to the, the sermon, when we give back to God in a manner in which he's blessed us, and when we pray together, we're acknowledging the supreme worth of God. 
We also have areas of discipleship where we can gather together, study God's Word privately uh, or together uh, in small groups or Bible studies, but that's for the purpose that we might grow spiritually and that we might conform to the image of Christ. We can become more Christ-like. And today, we're going to talk about fellowship. Fellowship. And the question I want to start us off is, is what is fellowship? Now, I know if I was to ask you to do word association with fellowship, the first word would be potluck. (laughs) The second thing you'd respond to actually has two words, Baptist bird, chicken. We all have chicken at potluck, right? So I think about fellowship oftentimes as that, that, that great time when we get together and eat, which can be included. There seems to be some level of intimacy when we gather around the table and share a meal together. But it's so much more. And so we're going to look at that this morning. See, it's from the Greek word koinonia. Some of you may have be familiar with this term. The word fellowship in our text is from the Greek word koinonia, and it describes an association, now notice this, involving close mutual relations and involvement. This is from a, a Greek lexicon. I like that definition. It describes an association, a gathering Involving close mutual relations and involvement. Let's break this down just a little bit further. It's a close relationship. How can you have a close relationship with someone if you never gather together? I have a very close and intimate relationship with my wife, but I wouldn't have one if I didn't come home at night. Right? Uh, I have friends. We wouldn't be friends and develop that close, tight-knit relationship if we never gathered together and did anything together. Now, I do have those friends that uh, we're friends, and if they were to, I haven't maybe seen them in a few years because of time, distance, they might be in a foreign field, but I know if they called me or I called them and I was in need, they would drop everything and be there. We have that type of relationship. But a close relationship is like the intimate relationship among family members. Now, I'll be honest with you. My parents are getting ready to move to Arkansas next month. My sister, God bless her, has been a tremendous help in California getting them ready. I'm in Arkansas getting their arrival, you know, and I don't know, my sister, I don't know if my sister's trying to push them out and say, they're, they're your problem now, Todd, or, or, or what. But, you know, through this process, I've just really enjoyed talking to my sister more. It has brought us together. We talk more than we, we ever have before. And I've just enjoyed the conversations I've had with my sister. I, I love my sister. Now, when I was 10, not so much, but today, a lot, and I, I, and I miss our times together, and so we have to be intentional of our gathering together because I want that closeness, that, that intimate relationship among family members. Well, the last that, I've, that I see in the Scripture is that when someone accepts Jesus as their Savior, they become a child of God. And God has children. 
And if you know Jesus, then you are my brother or my sister in Christ. We're family. And, and, and among family, there is a level of intimacy that we should share as God's church. A level of closeness. Now, I know a, a church of our side, is, it's really hard to, to know everyone. And, but, but, but there is some areas in our church where we can join in, gather together, and to, and to develop those intimate, close relationships. But it's a committed relationship, involvement, where people are devoted or committed to participate in the lives of others. Now, if, if I could, just for a moment, I would like to remove an excuse that I've heard from a lot of people. Haven't you ever heard if someone who is leaving the church say, well, I just, I just don't feel apart. I, I just, you know, I'm not connecting with anybody. And, and as I look at that individual, I say, well, you, you don't come to worship. Hardly. You're very inconsistent. You're not part of a small group. You just stand back and be frank sometimes, you're not even friendly yourself. You see, see what I'm getting at? There's some people that, that want, I, I'm just, I, as they're waiting to be catered to and to be invited in, when really, think about it, we're to be committed just to just jump in. If we want to have that close relationship, we can't just stand back. We need to commit and be involved. We need to be the initiators. Now, granted, I would, we should be those that we see someone that's maybe standing back to invite them in. Give them every opportunity to, to join in, to be a part. But there is a commitment that has to be made that I'm going to be intentional about fellowshipping with God's people. You see, fellowship is a commitment of participating in the lives of others while forging deep, meaningful relationships. That's what it's about. Friday night, the home builders class had a game night. Now, I was going to share some of the videos from said game night, but they reminded me they have videos of me. So therefore, I will not share. But we had a great time. But what I saw at our time together, just, just playing games, is we laughed. We had conversations. Getting to know each other a little bit better, deeper, and more meaningful. Shouldn't we expect that? among God's people, is forging those deeper, meaningful relationships. Fellowship. But what is the basis of our fellowship? Well, it's, it's simple. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. Notice what 1 John 1, 3 says. This is the purpose why John wrote the book. 
He says, that which we have seen and heard, which is about Jesus, the word of life, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the basis of our fellowship is that we have the same Savior. We have the same Heavenly Father who saved us. And if we have the same Heavenly Father is the basis of where we can have this intimate, close, deep, meaningful relationship, one with another. I want you to notice this, that we are called into this fellowship with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.9, Paul says, God is faithful, and oh, is he? He is so faithful. By whom you were called, invited into this fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. What a, what a wonderful invitation, isn't it? That Jesus would want an intimate, personal, deep, meaningful relationship with me and with you. That's awesome. We're called. And if we have this deep, wonderful, meaningful relationship with Jesus, why can't we have that among brothers and sisters in Christ? He is the basis of our fellowship. But it's interesting, John brings some evidence of this fellowship that we have with Jesus. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him while walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So John makes this analogy between light and darkness. Jesus does the same. Darkness representing, if you will, evil, a wrong walk, light signifying righteousness and life. He says, look, if people claim to have fellowship with him, but if their life says something totally opposite, they're liars. He says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So Jesus is the basis of our relationship, or basis of our fellowship together. We have a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus that allows us to have deep and meaningful relationships with one another, but also, think about this, that we can have deep, meaning relationships as we go on this same path of walking in the light together. Now, as a friend, as a brother or sister in Christ, if I see that my, my, my deep, meaningful relationship friend is going off a path that I cannot follow, I'm going to do all that I can to say, no, don't go that direction, right? Because I love them. I care for them. We, we have this, this bond together that we've forged because we have this fellowship and I would expect that of me if someone sees me going into a direction that is not where God is, that someone would say, hey, you might not want to travel that road. There's a sense of accountability, one with another. So what does fellowship look like in the church? I can tell you, if I can just brag on our golden agers just for a minute, Right? Now, if you haven't been on a Golden Agers trip, you're missing out. Right, Gail? 
So, now I will admit, they do a lot of eating. I've doubled my, I need to get new coats. Uh, they bite me along, I'm not sure why. But uh, we do a lot of eating. But I, I love just going and having a meal with, and getting to know the Golden Agers better. We went to Branson, they invited me to Branson. You know the Golden Agers are like teenagers? My word. They have so much fun and a blast. And, and, and Loretta, you keep them young. I tell you, she, she's a ball of energy. But we have a great time. But on the bus ride, we're laughing, we're talking, we're getting to know each other. We're forging those deep and meaningful relationships. And I just, I just love the Golden Agers. They're just a wonderful group of people. And so if you haven't been, if you're golden, if you're in that area of golden ager-ish, I'd go on a trip. What a wonderful way to forge meaningful relationships. Well, let's talk about this just for a minute. Sharing life together. Sharing life together. Um, We can share a meal together. Occasionally, occasionally, we invite each other into one another's homes, or we go out and have a meal together, uh, whether we have a potluck or maybe a smaller group. But we do so for the purpose of we enjoy one another's company, getting to know each other a little de- more, forging those deeper, meaningful relationships. Sometimes we share resources with one another like they did in the first church. Uh, what I love about faith NLR is I, I have seen this happen many times. When there's a need among our members, how quickly that need is provided. Amen. Amazes me. And I know that as a, I, I have been the recipient of, and many of you have too, of the generosity and the love of others. It, it seems to just kind of tighten that bond a little bit further. There's praying together. You know, when Pastor Lynn comes up and prays with me, I love it. There's times when Pastor Lynn hasn't prayed with me, another member has come and prayed with me. I, I enjoy that. Amen. When I share with our congregation that our staff, when we gather together on Tuesdays for our staff meeting, and we have a long list of prayer lists, and, and that's why we want you to fill out the connect cards. If you have a prayer list, a surgery coming, we want to know because we want to pray for you. We pray together, caring for one another. There, there, there's a variety of ways in which we can care for one another. Just beyond a meal or sharing of resources, how about just walking with someone through a difficult time? I know many of us have had those difficult, dark days. It hasn't been comforting to know that you have a brother or sister in Christ who's just walking with you. They might not say a word, but they're just there with you. They might just call and check on you. They might just say, how are you doing today? You know how refreshing that is? That someone has taken their time to say in some manner, I love you. I care for you. That's fellowship. And it's important. You know, 
it's not just sharing life together, but really we see it's a partnership. The Apostle Paul, in his relation with the Philippians, he was very close. Of course, Paul being that church planter, missionary, Philippian church was very small. But I want you to notice what he says. He says, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership. That's that same word koinonia, by the way with me in giving and receiving except you only. Partnership. Partners together. Our family, which we're sending to Central Asia, they're part of our church family. And we are partnering with them. We're developing a deep, meaningful relationship as they go into Central Asia And God begins to work and open doors that we are right there along with them. Praying for them. Supporting them financially. And any way else that we can. Because we love them and the work that they're doing in Central Asia. It's a partnership. And we have that partnership one with another. We have, for example, Sue Goss. Every third Thursday in Benton when they have it during their season, she sends a little booth, does her little painting on the side, and I went out and visited her site, visited her area, and, and, and spent time watching what she does. That's in some sense letting her know, I'm in partnership with you and what you're doing and sharing the gospel. That's fellowship. Developing those deep, more meaningful relationships, serving together. I'm going to talk more about service next week, but this is part of fellowship, serving together. Notice what Paul said about Titus. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for, your, as for you, as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Paul had many men, Titus, uh, Silas, Timothy, uh, in which were, they were close to Paul. He had a deep, meaningful relationship with each of them, but they served together. Served together. It's like this. Uh, I served with men in the army like Tim Hodge, Brian Hartner, uh, Jeff Oatesvall, men that I have not seen since for 30 years, but we stay connected through Facebook, Right? When you go to war together, when you are, you know, you, you, you eat together, you're, you're, you're sleeping in the same vehicle together, you're, you know, fighting together, you're in the trenches together, you develop a bond that's like no other. We served together. And it's unbreakable. And, and, we, and we value and we, we still contact each other and chat through Facebook, see how, you know, family's grown. We've all got a little fatter, older, grayer, you know, uh, as we've aged. But it's nice just to stay in contact because we're, we're just, we live all over the United States. But in church, there's nothing like when we serve together. You know, maybe we gather together to get ready for VBS and we're preparing 
Maybe we're, we're going out in the community and just putting on door hangers. Maybe, maybe we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something, um, you know, whether it's the, the kitchen committee that's serving and getting things prepared. Uh, but serving together seems to have a way to help forge a deep and meaningful bond. And so I'd say that if you're not volunteering, you should be. It's a great way to deepen fellowship. And so how can we develop fellowship in the church? First of all, be involved. You make the choice that I'm intentionally going to be involved in the life of my church. We've said for a long time, maybe we don't say it enough recently, but I love my church. And if I love my church, I'm going to be intentionally involved in what my church does. I'm going to join a study group. If you want intimacy, really one of the most more intentional, deep ways is to, to, for a study group. We have a variety of study groups. We have the fellowship class. We have the Othar Blunt class. We have the home builders class. We have the pastor's class in the, in, in the dining room. We have the way class. We have, you know, the kids, you know, they, we have various study groups for the kids, small groups. And I know for like, for the home builders, we, we written on the board today is our, is our schedule for the year of, of ways in which we can gather together and have fun or, ha- or serve or whatever, that's, that what it does is it's going to forge and deepen our relationship as our small group together. And so I'd encourage you to join a study group. Invite others over for a meal. When the last time you had someone over for a meal? Okay, maybe not at your home, but houses seem to be more intimate. At least, you know, I, mean, I don't know, North Little Rock has so many restaurants uh, around. Go grab a meal together. Look for ways to volunteer. I want to volunteer. I love when people come to me, you know, Pastor, I want to help any way I can. I'm just going to put a plug in for Roger right now. We need kitchen help on Wednesday nights. We have area, right, right, Roger? Yeah, one. Just one. Just one. Just one. But we have, you know, it's hard work, yes. But boy, I appreciate those that volunteer and serve in our kitchen for Wednesday nights. Uh, Aaron is always looking for someone to help with the soundboard, the the, the broadcast room, the tech. We just, we just, we have a lot of rooms for uh, for people to serve. And it's a way in which you can build deeper, meaningful relationships. Just, just do life together. You know what I love? I love when, when sometimes we just get together and just go fishing. Just some, you know, someone to say, hey, let's just, let's just go fish. I had a, in my previous pastorate, uh, I, I developed a very close relationship with one of our deacons, Kevin Fant. We're about the same age. And uh, he had every other Friday off, and it, inevitably he'd call me and say, Pastor, I'm going fishing. I'd like you to come along. 
And we'd either be on the side of a, a bank of a river or a lake or on a boat. And we'd just sit there and talk for hours. Just about everything and, and sometimes nothing. We liked the same football team. We, uh, you know, we, we developed a very close friendship. Our kids were all about the same age. Uh, we just began just to do life together. In fact, I'm hoping that his family will come visit us here this year uh, and say, hello, we have that type of relationship. And we can have that one with another. It doesn't have to be fishing. It could be going to catch a traveler's game or a Razorback game, Gail, right? Uh, football. It could be a number of things. Maybe we join interest, but just, just doing life together. It's important. So what is the goal then of fellowship? And the goal is this, to encourage people to involve themselves in the life of the church by participating in small groups, investing their lives in others by serving and worshiping together to create deep and meaningful relationships. That's important. Because what this inevitably does is it keeps the coals hot. And our light shines bright here and beyond. We are a place of connection and real and meaningful relationships where people can grow and worship Jesus. When people are hurting, we can be a hospital that provides care. When people are struggling, we can be a group of people that provide strength in their weakest moments. And it's a very important aspect of church life to be a church that fellowships together, forging those deep and meaningful relationships. Does that sound like a church you want to be a part of? Amen. I'm glad Faith NLR is just that church. And you can be involved. And so this morning as we stand together and we have our, our time of invitation together, a time to respond to the message, maybe, maybe you've been hesitant to be involved, but yet you're craving that intimate relationship. I would just say just, just, just take a step of faith. Join a small group. Begin there. Um, maybe even just invite someone for a meal. But begin to develop friendships and relationships with people of our church. Be involved. Maybe you're here this morning and you've just been searching for a place to connect. Well, we hope and pray that if God has put on your heart to be part of our church family, that you would make it known. Because you see, we're not, we're not a, an exclusive place, we're inclusive. We want to build more and more relationships with people because that's how God reaches the world. And we want you to be a part of that.
We want to love you and you, we want you to love us. Even when we're unlovable. That's fellowship. But I'd say if anyone here this morning does not already have a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus, you can begin today by trusting in him. Will you trust in Jesus? I'm going to lead us in prayer. I don't know what decision might be on your heart and mind. If, if you'd like to come forward and after I pray, we can talk. If you want to meet me out in the lobby or Pastor Lynn out in the lobby, we would love to meet with you and just, and just help you to be more involved and forge deeper and meaningful relationships here at Faith Baptist Church. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. Father, we thank you for loving us. And Father, we thank you that we have a relationship with you. And Father, we want it deep and meaningful. We want it to be life-changing. And Lord, we know that when we have a relationship with you, we have relationships with others, other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we pray that those relationships will grow and prosper. And Father, that your light will shine brighter and brighter. Father, if there's one here this morning that does not know you as their Savior, we pray they'll cry out to you for salvation. If one that has a desire to be part of our church family, Lord, I pray that um, they will make it, make it so, make it known, and we can share with them how they can become a part of the membership at Faith Baptist Church. Father, we, we pray that those that may want to take that first step of obedience and, uh, and be baptized, Lord, that... Um, Lord, that, that, that they will make that known to us as well. Father, I pray that we'll be a church that continues to deepen our relationships with one another, that you might receive all the honor and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.